This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. We uh, have been really fascinated by the 2019 Ram HD trucks. We've done a couple episodes about them and posted a lot on on Facebook and Instagram about them. And we wanted to provide you guys with a different kind of take on it. Like, we can all see the commercials or see ads for it and, you know, see what the what dealerships are going to be saying, but we want to give you guys an inside look at what it's like to actually drive these trucks and not just drive them, but from an enthusiast perspective, from somebody who's owned a third gen, a fourth gen, somebody who tows with it. And so on today's episode, we're going to be chatting with a podcast fan who went from a fourth gen to a 2019 3500. And he's going to talk to us about what the ASIN transmission feels like, how the center console is laid out, what he likes and doesn't like about the truck, ways he thinks it can be improved, and a lot of comparing to his fourth gen, which had the same the same transmission um, as far as the hard parts, um, and you know what what it's providing him in towing his truck and daily driving it. It's a little bit different, and why it was worth it for him to go from the fourth to the fifth. So we know you Ram fans out there are going to like this. Before we get to it, though, we want to thank a couple of our partners that help make these episodes possible and allow us to bring them to you. The first is Choate Engineering, and we've had Cass on before to talk about different things he's doing with 6 liters and 6.4s and Cummins and Duramax engines. And one of the constant themes that, that we get in our messages and our questions is people who buy a truck and the motor goes out. And it can be incredibly devastating when you, know, you pick up what may appear to be a clean, well-running truck. You're going to use it for work use it to make money, and then you have a catastrophic engine failure. And you may not know where to turn. There's, you know, you go online and you search, you can find tons of places that sell engines, but what are you really getting? How, and you know, how much detail went into rebuilding this short or long block to make it something that you can count on and depend on? And we've loved to, to have talked with Cass about what they do at Show Engineering to make sure these engines, when he ships one to you, they stand behind it with a warranty. What they've done with the machine work, the way they're able to customize it for your application, whether it's a stock truck, something you're hot shotting with, or you need a performance build or something kind of in the middle. So we want to encourage you guys to check them out. Give them a call. The, the, the crew over there, they love to chat with you guys. They want to make sure you get the engine that you want, that you're not paying for things you don't need, and that you have a quality product that you can use to provide for you know, your family, make work, take on trips, anything like that. Give them a call at 901-553-9847. We also want to thank Diesel World Magazine. With race season here, summer getting ready to kick off, there's going to be a ton of events, ton of different things to check out. Make sure you go to dieselworldmag.com, bookmark that page. You get a ton of behind-the-scenes information, pictures, write-ups, things like that of parts, races, um, things that are coming up, new products, restorations, tons of different things like that. So make sure you check those guys out and pick up a magazine. It's always great to sit back and, you know, flip through the pages and, you know, be able to see all the things that are going on in diesel. All right, let's get to this podcast talking about trading a fourth gen for a fifth gen Ram and how they're different. 
Josh, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I am excited to be chatting with you today about twenty nine or excuse me, twenty nineteen Ram HDs and and uh, we we saw you on Instagram and it's a beautiful truck and we've we've been talking a lot about them on the podcast. We thought it'd be great to have you on. You've owned a fourth gen and now a fifth gen and get your impressions of it and what you like about the truck and and why you decided to to go to the new one. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for having me on. I uh you know, coming from the fourth gen to the fifth gen has just been quite the jump. And, you know, people have been saying for quite a while that, oh, no, it's just a glorified fourth gen, called a four and a half gen. But until you actually get one or get in one and drive it, you it, it's you can't you can't legitimately say that without actually getting into the vehicle. It's I mean, from the from the ground up, they have changed so much that, you know, but between the chassis, the suspension's been tweaked a little bit, even though they really don't want to say it, but they have. Uh, steering components have been upgraded, uh, new DPF, SCR, CAT, turbocharger. I mean, everything's just been changed up, and they've really put out a real quality product. And, I've, you know, I've, I've got 1,500 miles on this thing so far, and I can't complain whatsoever on this thing. Now, what year fortune did you own before? So I had a 2014, so that was the second year that they actually had the uh, the high output with the ASN transmission. Uh, that one was a, was a 3,500 Laramie as well, since that's what the ASN came in. And uh, coming from that truck, when I first bought it, I thought, yeah, this, you know, this is a nice rig. But once I actually really started to drive it, I kind of noticed there was a, one major thing lacking. And that was the transmission controller for that ASM transmission. It was so unrefined. I think I went through three or four different software revisions through the dealer. And they were, what they were doing was updating shift points and how it was holding the torque converter, how it was upshifting, downshifting. And one of the major things that those had is if you were rolling around 30 to 40 miles an hour and you wanted to kick down and actually kick it into high gear and go, you put your foot down and just count to one, two, three, and then finally be like, oh, you want to shift? Okay, let's go. And that is one of the biggest things that they've changed with this new controller for the 20, uh, 2019 model is there is no gap in the shifts anymore. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, it feels closer to a, a 68 RFV than it did with uh, with the previous generation, the fourth gen. So in that respect, I mean, that, that was probably the biggest thing for me is getting a truck that actually wants to get out of its own way. And uh, the only way I was able to kind of get that in the fourth gen was, number one, through tuning, and number two, I got with my buddy Jared over at Edge Performance, and he got me a, uh, a throttle sensitivity booster, and that actually really helped take some of that lag out of those shifts. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's still a strong transmission. They just refined how those shift points were and kind of took it away from being a heavy-duty cabin chassis transmission into more of like a personal comfort, uh, you know, personal pickup, which was, in my mind was the right direction that they, they, they should have headed in 2015, 2016. After they had these trucks out, they should have been doing revamping to that, to that shift points. So it would actually drive more like it should. It's so interesting you say that because it wasn't long ago. I it was before this 2019 came out, but I had 
I had driven all three, you know, the six, seven power stroke. Um, it was an LML Duramax and then a, a 3,500, I think it was a 2015. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I came away with is I liked the Ram. I liked the engine, the transmission shift schedule and the way it felt. I'm like, I, it, it wasn't on par with what a six R one forty in a Ford or what the Allison six speed was as far as just the feel and, and, and the transmission, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, they're not glorious, so to speak. It's not so much like, you know, your buddies come over and you're like, Hey, let's all get under my truck and look at the transmission, but you feel it all the time when you're driving, whether it's for work or daily driving or anything like that. If it's not right, or you don't like how it feels or it's not quite synchronized every mile you put on that truck, it's going to be a reminder. Hey, I don't like how this is performing or what it's doing. So it's so exciting to hear that feedback you know, of what they've changed on the new one. Absolutely. And, you know, anytime I let my friends borrow it, they'd be like, this thing shifts weird. And I would just be, yeah, it's just how the ASM shifts. And so definitely, you know, when I, when I went up to Dave Smith up in Kellogg, Idaho, and picked this thing up, they gave me the keys. We took it on the highway, and I was instantly just in love. <laughs> so it shifted now. <laughs> now, as far as the power and – the turbo and and the way everything feels as far as the power aspect is that much different than your 2014 so you know it, it's kind of hard to say because i you know my my truck was tuned for about three years so trying to base it off of stock power versus stock power on this one to compare apples to apples i would say that this one definitely is more responsive but you know i can't say that it feels quicker well, I guess it depends on where you are in the power band. So, you know, first gear, of course, it's still a really short gear. It, you know, they, they didn't change the ratios or anything, uh, but they did, you know, the shift schedule changes it. So once it kicks into second gear is where you really start feeling it pulling. But you, you, you would think with a truck with a 1,000 pound feet that it would just, it would suck you into the seat and you'd just be, you know, three miles ahead of yourself before you knew it, and you, you just don't feel it. And it's it's all down to software, torque management, you know, protecting that transmission, not bringing that power on too strong. But then in the same case, they're bringing on full 1,000-pound foot of torque, I think around, what, 1,700, 1,800 RPM. So, I mean, it's where they're getting that number, you can't even really feel it almost. It just it depends on whether your torque converter is locked in or not. Um, but I can tell you this, uh, between my 14 to this one hooked up to my 38 foot, uh, uh, toy hauler, it's night and day. It, it gets out of its own way quick. And that's probably one, that's probably one of my favorite things. I, I just decided last weekend, I'm just going to go hook up to it and just drag it around town. And so I took it, took it on the highway, took it through town, stoplights, all that stuff. And you roll into it. And it goes. Um, and I guess the, one of the other things that I really do like is the tow haul mode is definitely more aggressive than it was on the on the 14 models or anything fourth gen. Now when you kick it into tow haul mode, it, it's going to hold those gears no matter what. Whereas right now, if you're in normal mode, you go to cruise, you go to let off your throttle, and it'll kind of go, you know, if you're in fourth, it'll go fifth, sixth, and just let you cruise. Whereas if you're in tow haul mode, it's going to hold fourth. 
until you actually either start braking or if you start accelerating, then it'll finally kick into fifth at the appropriate time. So in that case, it, it's, it's able to hold you in the power band better. So if, you, you know, if you're kind of putting through town and you're waiting for traffic to kind of pick back up, you're in that right gear and it's not having a delay of kicking back down a couple gears to get you going again. I think that'll make you know, a lot of our listeners that are out there, they're kind of, they're, they're maybe, maybe they have a third gen or, you know, fourth gen and they're kind of, you know, sitting back and seeing these new trucks and, you know, we all have our opinions on the styling. I personally, I love the new trucks. I love how they look, but it's like, you know, am I going to make the jump? Am I going to make the investment? You know, is it, is it worth it? Because sometimes automakers, they'll, you know, change the sheet metal, but there's not a whole lot different under the hood. So it's got like me so excited to hear about the differences for you daily driving this truck or hooking a trailer to it. You know, we're not talking about racing or going down the drag strip. We're talking about how people use, you know, by 99% of people use their trucks, which is every day and, and making money or hauling a, a camper, you know, in the, in the summertime to go, you know, on vacation or something like that. And so to hear the response, it's like, you know, it's like, we got to take a serious look at this new truck. Like they have made changes to it. And I know one of the biggest ones we were talking about it beforehand is, you know, like the, the audio quality, the phone system in it. And I'm like, you sound crystal clear. (laughs) Some of our other guests are in their trucks. And I'm like, it kind of sounds like we're in a fishbowl. Maybe we wait to get back to the office, but it's, tell us about the electronics and the, in the interior, the, the, the center console, the, just everything else that they've changed on it. Yeah, so, you know, I decided, you know, when I first was starting to look at them, I was like, you know, I really don't need a 12-inch touchscreen. I think it's more of a gimmick than anything else. But then I was just thinking to myself, this is going to be my first ever brand-new pickup. All my other ones have either been used or my 14 was a lease return. I decided, you know what, I need to go. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right so I don't regret it later. So I opted for the, you know, for the 12-inch touchscreen. And it's actually a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's more than I expected. It's, uh, I guess there was a lot of issues in the, in the half ton when this system first came out, but it looks like they've done some software revisions. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it being laggy or anything like that. Uh, the interior, it just generally, has been is considerably nicer uh i opted to go with the laramie trim level i couldn't justify a several thousand dollar jump to go with a hundred percent pure genuine leather now you know i might pay for that later on down the road if something tears because uh, these do now have like a suede insert like the early third gens did mm-hmm. uh, i think like the oh i think what maybe oh three to oh five they, on the Laramies, they had leather with some suede inserts, and it's kind of like what they did here. Uh, so, you know, I definitely have the thought in the back of my head that if I'm getting out of this truck, am I, am I going to wear out that suede? Is it going to end up tearing later on down? But, you know, so far, you know, I've probably got in and out of this truck about 30, 40 times, and everything still seems to be good. Um, I do like there's more soft touch to the interior of this truck. So the center console on the 14 Laramie was more of just a injected vinyl run-of-the-mill center console lid. This one, you know, they actually kind of brought in, you know, it's probably not real leather, of course, but it's, it's a nice leather. It's got 
It's got nice stitching in it. They did the same thing with the doors where they didn't really have any kind of stitching on the door panels in a Laramie trim level. They did on the Longhorn and the Limited. Um, so there, you know, there was, there were several different design cues that they actually did bring up into a lower model. I want to even say lower model, but you know, for a le for the entry level leather trim level, I guess you could say truck. They really brought in some nice design cues. I, you know, there's I don't have any fake wood accents. It's christened with some nice brushed aluminum accents and some dark uh, carbon fiber accents. I guess you could almost say. Uh, it's they really did a great job. It I guess one of the biggest things interior wise is how quiet it is. And I'm I'm not even kidding. You know I of course I came from a truck. I had a four inch straight pipe. that didn't have anything on it, which is illegal. But you know we won't get into that right now. But uh, <clears throat> I would say definitely that it's when they say it's lowered by about ten decibels. I'm going to agree with that. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't brought any kind of audio meter or any kind of test equipment, but I can tell you driving down the road, I don't need my stereo up that high, and it's, it's perfect listening level. And the fact that, I, like right now, I'm driving down the road, and I'm holding a normal conversation, and it really doesn't, it shouldn't be that loud to you. No. No, that's so... I think like the longtime Ram fans, Dodge fans, and you know guys have owned a couple different generations. Like we'd always take a knock, like you know the Ford GM guys, are like, well, yeah, you got the Cummins engine, but the interior sucks, or the seats suck, or the dash sucks, or whatever it is. But they've come so far to where some of the nicest interiors, if not the nicest interior, on any truck that's out. I there. would completely agree. You know, I've driven, I. Uh... Working in an automotive shop, I've had my chance to drive, you know, I've had my chance to drive Lariats, uh, Platinums, Denali's, SLEs, SLTs, all these different trim levels and all these different vehicles. And Ram really is a step ahead of everybody else out there at this point in time, uh, interior-wise. The, the Denali, for instance, hasn't really changed on the interior since I want to say like 14. I want to say right around that time frame, they're still using the small touchscreen. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you would say now we're five years ahead and they're still using the same equipment. Their gauges really haven't changed too much. Yeah, they, you know, they, they have some more technology advancements that RAM isn't up to, up to snuff with. But I mean, they're they're damn close. So it's kind of a trade-off if you want a little bit more technology. Like, what was it? The new one's going to have that. Uh, the GM's going to have that new trailer mode where you can kind of see through your trailer. But honestly, that's that's it's a minimal thing that you'd be wanting to buy your truck for. And yeah. so I, you know, I kind I pretty much disregard it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I I, I have to say, you know. For that one Cummins enthusiast out there that's saying, you know, the, the engine's too quiet, I can't hear it in the truck, you know, it's 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 it's, it's a sign of the times, unfortunately, you know, with with their uh, pilot injection, their post injection, all the stuff they're having to do with the emissions, the engines are getting quieter, but they're still cranking out plenty of power, and you know, would you rather have some that's clacky and only puts out about 245 horsepower, or you want some that puts out, you know, 400 horsepower, 1,000 pounds foot of torque, or 
you know, something around those lines, and, you know, it's going to be a little quieter. I, I honestly, I'm going to sound like a grandpa here, but I'm, I'm 34, <laughs> and I'm actually, I actually enjoy that it's quiet. I, I've had my fair share of very, very loud coming diesel trucks. I've had a second gen, third gen, fourth gen, and now this one. And I'm just, I'm in heaven with how quiet it is right now. And you know, that might change later on down the road, but for right now, I'm, I'm very content with how it, how it sounds, how it rides. It's something very unique that happens as well as we go through when we first get into diesel or get our first diesel truck and then, you know, just kind of go through the stages is, I mean, nothing, there's something that's always going to be special about a, a first or second gen 12 valve and the way they sound. And, you know, it's, whether you got a NV4500 or NV5600 or something like that, and just that simplicity, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then, you know, if you're spending a lot of time driving that truck or using it for work, you're having business calls or you're traveling all over the country with it, that's where it being quiet and those creature comforts and everything can really, I mean, it can make a huge difference. And oh, Absolutely. And it's, I, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, I remember I, I'd always want my trucks loud and now I'm like, you know, I enjoy being quiet. I enjoy being able to, you know, hear the tires, you know, or yeah. just hold a conversation and not have to talk over the exhaust or, you know. Yeah. And I guess that was one of my biggest things. I was, I would almost say like embarrassed. I, you know, I'd have friends or a family member or something in the truck and we'd be cruising down the road and you know i'd come up to a grade and my truck would start sound like chewbacca farting in a can and you can't hold any kind of conversation as you know especially if i was pulling a trailer you might as well just shut up and just wait until you start going back down the other side of the hill because it just resonated so much and you know it's part of the territory of running a straight pipe you know if i had to put a muffler on there it would have been a lot more acceptable noise level in the truck but uh, you know, being able to hold a conversation driving 80 miles an hour down the road while pulling a trailer is, it's unheard of. That's what cured me of the loud trucks was driving like 150 miles with a five inch straight pipe on a third gen and it rattling the door panels and the roof liner. And I had a headache yep. when I got home and I'm like, I'm going to yeah. put a, I'm gonna put I, a muffler uh, on this thing. <laughs> yeah. I had, so I had my 0759 for five years. And uh, at the end of the, the time I owned it, I was working for uh, diesel sellers up there for Dave Sparks. And I would make my trips back and forth to Reno to visit family and friends back and forth. And it got to the point where it was really annoying. I had to crank my stereo up really loud. And by the time I got to wherever I was going, my ears were ringing. And, you know, I might be being a little over dramatic about it, but. You know, it it started getting on my nerves, so I ended up putting a muffler back on that one. And then one of the uh, producers or sound guys on the TV show ended up getting getting to like diesel. So because of the Diesel Brothers TV show, he's like, I've got to own a diesel. So he went out and bought himself uh, he bought himself an Eco Diesel. But he rolled up to the shop one night after he picked it up, and I started looking at it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to have one of these. And Next thing I know, he gave me the business card of the salesman, and two days later, I walked away or drove out of that that parking lot with a uh, with a 2014 Mega. So it's it's kind of cool how that transpired, but uh, yeah, it's it's it, especially if you compare like a third gen to a fifth gen, you're 
light years ahead. That was just, it was tan or what I called communist gray because everything was gray in that truck. (laughs) There was was. no accent color. It was 50 shades (laughs) of gray in that truck. (laughs) It was. That's what I had. It was like the dash. And they had like, it was like a darker gray on the door panel and just everything Uh was just, but you know, I didn't buy that truck for how nice it was inside. You know, at that time, the six four Fords were much nicer, and the the Chevys were much nicer. I got it for the engine, you know. And it's nice uh-huh. to see the whole package brought together now, where you have the technology, you have the the different advancements that have taken place, and then you still have the engine, which is why everyone buys a Ram. You know, we want a six seven Cummins engine, and then hearing the updates on on the transmissions really exciting as well as I think a lot of buyers, you know, if if they're they're real enthusiasts you know you see a 2500 with a 68 rfe or a 3500 with an asin you're probably going to opt for the asin and absolutely to hear how the software is changing the shift points and just the response of it it's like okay because who knows if there's ever going to be transmission tuning for it and it's nice to not necessarily have to worry about it because it's responsive now right absolutely you know i know my uh randy ray is good friend of mine up there in utah he's been kind of hounding on some of the tuners to actually see if they can't get some uh, tuning written up for these trucks. I know it's it's been kind of a back burner thing because the the market share of ASIN pickups is still considerably less than the uh, the 68 RFD yeah. counterpart. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of people that are just like you know I don't need to spend that extra 37 400, uh, four grand uh, on a transmission upgrade to do what I'm doing. But then the next thing you know is they're saying, okay, well, this truck's not quick enough, so they're buying a edge tuner. They're going with EFI Live. They're going Easy Link. They're going one of these platforms. And the next thing you know, they're not doing the relearn properly on the transmission. And within 100 miles or more, they're getting the incorrect ratio for, you know, fourth, sixth, sixth gear, whatever it might be, and installing a couple extra neutrals in that damn thing. And now they're, you know, eight, nine, ten grand into rebuilding a transmission that's actually able to withhold that or withstand that power. Yep. And exactly. so I, I, that's, that's also one of the big selling points is, so I bought, I bought my 14 with about 52, 56,000 miles, somewhere right around there. I had it, I had it factory emissions for probably right around seven months. And I got the dreaded service death system C dealer, and it kept happening over and over. And that was right before they did the recall for the knock system. Well, I guess there was an issue where you would put more death in the system. It would sense too much oxygen in the system and say that you put water in there. And it was becoming too much of a hassle. So I got with, uh, I got with Corey, Corey Willis, and he got me a tune. And... At that point, that, that transmission was still so new that there was a lot of rumors going on that it wasn't going to be able to hold the power, that the, it was going to have shift flares and all this stuff. But come to find out through my experience running a shop at this point is that the only time you're seeing those shift flares is actually in the previous generation with the AS68RC, which was in, I think, I want to say 2007 and a half and up, 4,500, 5,500 trucks. And so once they actually brought them to the the passenger side is when they went to the AS69RC, and it's actually been a very stout transmission. Uh, You know, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I have towed my toy hauler on level four 
and it hasn't it hasn't slipped a gear, it hasn't slipped a converter. I never had any burnt fluid smell. So the the the, the ability to hold extra power is there in that transmission, and I feel that going back to tuning, that if they were to get some tuning available for it, maybe adjust some shift points here and there, especially on the fourth gen, it would make it a completely different animal. I think the fifth gen is refined enough that it would actually be okay to leave it standalone tuning, the factory tuning, and it would actually be able to hold the power. Yeah, I think that's that's something that, you know, if I was going to get a new one, I would definitely hone in on a 3500 just for the reasons you described is – you see, you never know. You know, you never know if you're going to want to put a compound kit on it or do something else. And it, it's like, I want to start with a platform that I feel more comfortable in as far as the architecture of the OEM transmission and what the aftermarket companies can do with it. Like that, that's, that's what I would get, you know, as well. And it would be really cool to see that transmission have more of the market share within the Ram heavy duty lineup. So it's not, so the aftermarket, I think, has a reason to invest the R&D and the time and the expertise into doing it. And I know there's some companies that are, you know, they do have built transmissions and converters and things like that. But it's it seems like just a huge untapped potential that's there for, you know, I guess something that, you know, the, the Ram guys, you know, the, the Allison swaps were popular for a while. You know, throw an Allison behind your Cummins. Well, you don't need to now. You don't need to do that. No. No, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are so gung-ho on that, you know, that, that Allison transmission. But, I mean, you look at them behind a Duramax engine, and their, their tolerance for any kind of transmission slipping is such a small percentage that I've seen them where, you know, we, I've, where I've tuned like an LLY or a LMM, LML, or something like that. They put it on level three, level four. They go and romp on it, and then it puts the truck into limp mode. So, you know, yes, Allison is a stout stock transmission, but the instant you start throwing power behind them, they start seeing small issues. Now, you know, I, they don't grenade like a 48RE or a 68 would, but they're, they're very temperamental. They like, they like their parameters, and they don't like to be altered from their parameters. Even with transmission tuning, I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as not as strongly when they're when the transmission actually has a tune file written into it, but you know, I, me personally, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Cummins fanboy here, but honestly, I don't think the Allison is all that it's cracked up to be, and I honestly think that ASIN is probably the most sturdy transmission that's on the market between the big three, even more than what the Power Stroke has in there with their torque shift. So I might get crucified for that. <laughs> so, Josh, for anyone who's listening out there, they're really interested in a 29 or 2019 3500, want to see what you're doing with the truck, almost like a like a torture test or reliability test in a way because you're using it for daily driving and towing, things like that. Where can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, so they can reach me uh, on Instagram. My Instagram name is BattlebornJT, and it's battle.born.jt. Follow me shoot me a message, ask me questions, you know, ask me tips, tricks, anything like that, you know, whether it's fifth gen related, fourth gen, you know, anything related, or you just want to just shoot the shit, you're more than welcome just to hit me up and talk to me. So it's any anybody and anybody can hit me up. Well, we appreciate your time today and, and kind of walking us through going from the fourth gen to the fifth gen and insights that only a, an owner 
you know, someone who's driving this thing every day would see. And, you know, we drive past them, see them on the lots and things like that. And we like, you know, the new styling and stuff. But it's, it's really cool to get an inside look at how does it ride? What's the transmission like? How do you like the power? All those things. So I know we appreciate our, our, our listeners will as well. And we look forward to seeing what you do with the truck in the future. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, stay tuned. I've got I've got some stuff lined up here pretty quick. So you'll you'll start seeing some changes in the next month or two. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and check out Choate Engineering if you have a truck that needs an engine, whether you just bought it, you've owned it for years, you're going to start a performance build, or you just need something that is going to be able to handle what you plan to throw at the truck. Give them a call at 901-553-9847. And also check out Diesel World Magazine. Bookmark them online, pick up a magazine. You get a ton of information behind the scenes you're not going to get anywhere else and stay on top of what's happening in the diesel community. Till next time. Keep the shiny side up.